Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now check out my new t-shirt buffalo bills body lotion ew Mostly just because of the moth. I hate moths. Moths are me gross. Too. It grosses me out that when you kill them, they just like disappear in dust. a pile of dust. It grosses me out that they can chew holes in the cloth. Yeah. Like, what are you? Uh, ew. But I don't understand what happened to all their body parts. Why do they just poof into dust like a fairy? Like, <laughs> they, like weird. Poof, they poof into dust with like four of their legs left. Yeah. It grosses me out. I don't know. <laughs> Someone run into something and you could like see their body stamp. Yeah, I just it they're made of dust. I you can't convince me otherwise, and it creeps me out. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I agree. I that was like one of my only actual like you know, people are scared of spiders and of snakes and of all that stuff. I always was like, I'm scared of moths. Like if I had to choose a bug or a creep crawly that creeps me out fucking moths um i know chris is gonna chris i can't say his name normally um is gonna think it's spiders for me and i just don't like them dropping down from the ceiling in a fucking mission impossible surprise attack um it's actually (laughs) cockroaches for me i don't know that i've ever like fully had an experience with a cockroach i've never had an experience from with a cockroach but like you see them like if you watch like like google cockroaches like it just or creeps like me out hoarder shows where yeah. they're like crawling around yeah no nope. <laughs> <laughs> um but much, right but like moths are a close second um followed by grasshoppers not because they're gross because they're fucking annoying the cricket like the little uh I would also have to add the house centipedes, the the long, like, hair legs. I forgot about the centipedes. No, that's just something that I've removed from my mind. (laughs) It's it's actually a fictional character. I gotta go. They don't exist. I gotta go centipedes are number one. (laughs) Why does it have so many legs? And and the ones that are, like, hairy legs. So, like, Uh, like, I gotta shower after this. Stop it. It's like a, we're done. Eyebrow or a mustache running across the floor no no you're done you're done we're done we're done talking about bugs bye welcome to episode 130 of i'm sorry what the podcast i'm christina that's amanda what's up why are yours always so aggressive? You're always I am like a, yelling at them. I'm an aggressive person and it's daylight savings time and I've lost an hour of sleep already today. And you know, I'm a grumpy bear in the morning. I don't know what you want from me. Uh, not insta bitch when we've, been, we've been having a good time. 
we've Listen. been talking, we've been happy. Insta bitch. And then we fucking <laughs> rude. And then we start the episode and you're like, hi, I'm Christina. That's Amanda. It's 1 30. Why are you even fucking here? That's what we... your tone says. What? What do you want from me? Hey. <laughs> hey. Time What's is just up? a time is just a construct and daylight savings time is a bitch unless it's the one where you gain an hour of sleep right i like when that you fall forward instead of or fall, fall back behind instead of spring forward yeah you know what i mean like this is bullshit just give me back my hour uh-huh 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 that's how i feel i tell me how you really feel <laughs> i just did what's up <laughs> not much tell me tell me life what's what is this i miss your gd face i miss your face as well oh, thank you <laughs> yesterday i was working and i don't know something notified me on my phone of memories and i looked it up and it was like i don't know one of the times we went to cracker barrel and i was like <laughs> I'm Amanda. <laughs> I have to figure out a weekend for us to go dress shopping. Yes. Too, so that I and then I can know. figure out your plan. Yes. Yes. This is not a podcast no. topic, is it? Huh? Sorry. But hey guys. My brain, I'm not, <laughs> it doesn't work right now. <laughs> I don't like daylight savings. I, I have to do this. Yes. That's it. That's, All the feedback. Good. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what's up. What's new? How you doing? Good. I'm walking without my boot for the most part. Oh my part. god, you're mobile. I'm mobile for the most part. Um, she still hurts like a bitch, and I have physical therapy twice a week, but we're semi-functioning. Nice, nice. And then. Still waiting to hear and when I'm having my sinuses, my face scraped out like a pumpkin. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, so yeah, your jack o' lantern surgery is undetermined. Undetermined at TBD. this point. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and then I work, and that's my life right now. I think I'm gonna volunteer at the Humane Society. There you go. Because it's a no kill. Humane Society. I was looking up for ones that are no kill shelters because mm-hmm. I can't be responsible for that. And that that can't be something that I have to be around. Because you know what would happen is I'd be like, no, I'll just take I'll him. Just, I'll just take him home. I'll just take him home. It's fine. It can, it's fine. And then my I'd come home with like a giant dog or like a scraggly little. My dad will be like, no. And then in a week he'll put it in a sweater and it'll be fine. But we can't have that many dogs. <laughs> You just become an animal hoarder because you don't want any of them. And, you know, some of them are like sickly and old and they're like, yeah, I have to because no one's going to, well, I'll, I'll take them. I'll just take them. It's fine. I just want them to have one day of peace. You know what I mean? Not be in a cage, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. It's true though, man. <laughs> so um, I think I'm going to volunteer for that. And then I've been looking into uh, doing Clover as a service dog, bring her around to like hospitals and stuff. But cool. 
it's a lot of money because you have to train you have to take them through training classes and stuff she'd be good at it though she's so like mellow and happy and loves everybody never met a stranger no ever no ma'am no ma'am you want to pet me go ahead sir i will wiggle my whole body until you do it's fine (laughs) you want kisses i don't care you're gonna get them (laughs) who wags their tail i wig my My, entire self i wag my butt also (laughs) just more recently like in the last couple of months Sophie has started wagging her tail. Aw, what a girl. And it just, I, you know, it just melts my heart because she never used to cry right now. Are you going to cry right now? No, dude. I have a (laughs) crackly voice. Dude, me leaving after you move. (laughs) Are you going to cry right now? Are you going to cry right now? You need to get your shit together. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to miss you. Get it together. Cry on the inside. It's not like like you're not going to see me. We talk all the time. be very similar except you're not in kenyan <laughs> so what are you doing how's your life uh fine just expensive yeah everybody's uh, man everybody's life it's all four dollars a gallon huh uh that's what well, we're doing now i was like and that's like here i'm not even talking about where it's been expensive forever i know my my gas yesterday when i looked drove by it was four dollars and seven cents a gallon I was like, I remember when I first got my car and I filled it up and it was a dollar thirty-two. <laughs> yeah, I'm like my first car. That's it. What do we this is old man corner? Um, <laughs> my, my first car when I filled it up, it cost me fifteen dollars. I remember when I was yeah. younger and I was like, I can only afford to put six dollars in my account. Or in my in my gas tank, and uh, that got me places. How how it got me places for a while. One gallon now, which is what that would get you. What the fuck? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) And then (laughs) I wonder how much a horse costs. (laughs) Yeah, for real though. I'm like, can I? Oh, they're very expensive. They're very expensive because <laughs> because it's the maintenance, man. Yeah, the horse itself is relatively expensive, but then the maintenance is expensive. The I'll just walk. Fuck it. Get some nice shoes. I'm just gonna walk. <laughs> just start doing first everywhere. class walking, man. Oh, well, I can't do that. My feet are broken. So maybe oh, I'll get a Segway. <laughs> yourself a scooter. <laughs> get a scooter. <laughs> Just take one from the even, store. Not even an electric <laughs> scooter. Oh, one of those carts. Yeah. Yeah, because you can plug those in. <laughs> I was going to say not even an electric scooter. I'll just get one of those ones that you ride that you kill your shins. Yeah. <laughs> little razor. A little have razor. Your one, have your one foot up and the other one going. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's not funny, is it? It's serious. No. <laughs> <laughs> serious stuff. You gotta laugh or else you want to cry. <laughs> oh. oh god. Well fuck girl. man. Shit. In these trying times. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's it's fine. fine. I'm fine. Everything is fine. I'm making fajitas. Fajitas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Fine. I don't know why my voice is so squeaky. I'm fine. 
Oh, boy. Uh, I just, Chris and I just uh, were talking about, because it was so loud, and I was talking about my classroom that I was working in, and he goes, and he pulls out the the Ross. Yeah. <laughs> just bring it down motion. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, mm. oh, I'm just going to need you to... <laughs> take it down i'm a little overstimulated right now i'm gonna start throwing hands accidentally because yeah. i don't know what's happening with my body <laughs> too many sounds are occurring right now and it's making me on edge mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. all right girl do you bring a story brought you a couple actually yeah so i just there was one research one case i started researching that was a disappearance and then I was like, this is interesting, but I'm bored with it right now. So I'm going to switch to a different story. Fair. And then I started looking up mysterious disappearances in the national parks. And I have three for you. All right. Deal. They're like, it's like a little, they're not very long and they don't have a lot of detail, but they're creepy and weird. So they're kind of like missing 411-esque? Kind of, yes. But they like, I don't know. I don't know. You'll see. We'll see. They're kids that went missing in national. Okay. Uh, so the first one is Alfred Bilehertz. Bilehertz. Um, okay. And he went missing in 1938. So as a four-year-old, Alfred Bilehertz was vacationing with his family in Colorado's Rocky Mountain National Park. Uh, his parents were watching him very carefully as they went for a hike near a river. So he was in front of them. And they're just walking along this path near a river. And he turned the bend first. Okay, so he was like kind of around the corner. Yep. And they were like, he was out of sight for maybe like 30 seconds. Gazoon tight. Thank you. Our new thing. Sorry, Amanda just sneezed. And (laughs) I now have to tell you. I made it a silent sneeze so that I didn't have to interrupt your. I know, but now I have to tell you a sidebar because in our house, it's no longer God bless you. It's. Sorry, Clover, because for whatever reason, Clover hates sneezing. If you sneeze in the house, she runs from wherever else she is in the house and just comes into your room or whatever and stares at you, barks at you, barks at you. She like yells at you for sneezing. So it's sorry, Clover. And then she like backs (laughs) out and goes and lays down. You have to say sorry, Clover, and she'll stop. (laughs) Oh, Clover. Like, and then and she sneezes all the time in my face and i don't yell at her but whatever you probably should just start barking at her (laughs) (laughs) anyway so little kids walking in front of them he turns the bend and is probably like obscured by the trees for like 30 seconds Mm -hmm. and he vanishes so they look up and down the tree line seeing if he just walked off the path whatever can't find him they call the ranger the like park rangers yep and they do a six mile search of the area that he disappeared showed nothing uh dogs were able to trace his scent 500 feet uphill from where he vanished okay that's and he's so small right he's four um the other thing that in these stories is a parallel that i didn't realize until after i had kind of collected them is that they all of the tracking that they do is all uphill and when um research has shown that when people go missing in like wooded areas or in like out in 
they right. instinctively go downhill. Right. It's usually they're following water, which is always going downhill, or they it's easier to go downhill than it is to climb uphill. Most people right. when they're lost don't go, I'm gonna go the hard way and climb up a hill uh-huh. unless they're trying to get like a better perspective. But right. when it's so heavily wooded, you're not going to get a better perspective, be perspective by climbing higher into yeah. the mountains. Yeah. So the only problem was that there was no footprints. Like okay. he literally was walking and there was no trace of where he went. Okay. Um, there was no footprints, no disturbed brush, nothing. Um, the dogs that traced the scent seemed to be confused about what they were smelling and they just quickly lost the scent. Once dogs traced the scent 500 feet uphill, the two dogs began to cock their heads, look nervous, and they both just laid down like saying, nope, that's it. So almost like they were submitting to a... It's possible that they smelled like a predator because there are mountain lions and bears in that. But there weren't... What they... What the weird thing is, is they were 30 seconds behind him. So if they, he had been taken by like a mountain lion, he would have screamed. He would have heard, they would have heard the rustling in the brush. They would have, there would have been tracks of a body being dragged by that mountain lion through the grass and brush. And there wasn't. Right. Um, Even if it climbed up into a tree, it wouldn't have been, unless he, the mountain lion had a perfect kill and snapped his neck instantly which I guess is a possibility as a four-year-old, yeah. but I just feel like that's a very Unlikely. stealthy big cat. <laughs> well, it would have had to have been a perfect kill with a clean, like, take. So right. snap the neck on top of not leaving a trace of, like, any sort of blood or any sort of anything within 30 seconds. Right. Is very yeah. weird. Unlikely. And then some hikers were walking six miles away from where Alfred had disappeared and claimed that they saw a young boy in almost, they described the same clothes that he was wearing. Okay. Um, standing on a dish, a uh, very dangerous, like outcrop of rock. And it's called the devil's nest is where they, this outcropping of rocks are. Okay. Um, the two hikers said that they had only seen the boy for minutes, though, after he allegedly disappeared, and they were like fifty miles away. Right. So they're like, "Well, that's weird. Well, maybe yeah. we didn't actually see him." And then it's like, "Oh, this kid's missing." Well, and then they claimed that the boy seemed very dazed and upset, and then they saw something grab him by the back of his shirt and pull him backwards. And by the time like they got up to the outcropping, there was nobody there. Gross. Isn't that hey. weird? So basically it was six miles away, sorry, from where they were at. Uh And they said a four-year-old boy would not reasonably or logically be able to travel six miles uphill over 3000 feet on his own. Even the survival specialists who searched for him needed specialized equipment to get up to the devil's nest. Well, especially considering the fact that it's an outcropping, it's a very dense wooded area, all of the things where it's like, okay, you're a small child. How are you getting through all of that on top of making it that far? Right. Uh, Alfred's body was never found. And to this day, his case is one of the most unexplained and disturbingly strange disappearances in National Parks records. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) me being the cynical person I am Mm -hmm. makes me go, so what did the parents do to him? And then this was their story. 
Right. No, that's, it's fair. Cause that's, yeah. I mean, but to me, unless they killed him somewhere else, you know, I just, it's weird. It's weird that the tracking dogs tracked it that far and then right. like, just they tra- dropped off the scent. But then that makes me go, did something happen up there? Right. And they did something with it and then left. And that's why the scent ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a possibility. Like I said, cynical. It's no, just me. it's, I, I thought it too. Yeah. So the next one is Dennis Martin. Okay. So six-year-old Dennis Martin was vacationing with his family in the middle of the Great Smoky Mountains in a popular spot called Spence Field. Okay. So while his parents were talking to another adult, Dennis, his brother, and some kids decided it would be funny to play a prank on his family. They decided to split up, hide, and jump out to scare their parents from the trees. This one sounds familiar. I think I've heard this one. So three of the boys went one way. Dennis went the other. The four kids hid, but only three jumped out. Dennis just vanished, and that was the last anyone saw of him. Uh So six miles from Spencefield, a young boy screamed and claimed that he saw what first looked like a bear and then looked like a large man with something strange slung over his shoulder. So Uh be that what it is. A frantic search party started almost immediately, but no trace of Dennis was found. The search party lasted until night. Then torrential rain washed away any scent that could potentially be used by bloodhounds to find the missing child. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also his case was kind of a poster for what not to do because they had brought so many people in for searching that it kind of destroyed any evidence that may evidence that may have been there. The FBI was involved. Then the Green Berets were called in. Okay. Then the police. And just about every other form of official aid was dispatched to find Dennis Martin, but no footprints or articles of clothing belonging to him ever showed up. Um, What's really bizarre about this case is the government reaction to it. So the leader of the FBI group who organized the search committed suicide for unknown reasons shortly after this. Okay. And then a special forces member issued a statement in 2014 after researching this case. And he said... And I looked it up that our special forces are never called to assist in civilian operations like Green Berets, Navy SEALs. They're never called to assist in civilian operations. It falls to the local National Guard. And that only has to be approved by the state governor. This a senator actually requested requested and approved the Green Berets get involved in this case. Weird. The other thing is, is that if you had Green Berets involved, they're special forces. They're trained for tracking and working in these kind of conditions. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they never found anything, right? Like no was, trace of him. He was whatsoever. six, right? Yes. After having every resource imaginable deployed for over three months, and there was nothing found of him. Just as suspicious, right? Um, the Nationwide, there have only been four occasions where special forces were brought out on a civilian mission, missing persons case. Two of those involved an armed perpetrator. The other two were a case similar to this and the Dennis Martin case. Okay. So it's just kind of weird that. Specifically that case for whatever reason. Right. That they, there's something, there was something about this case specifically that. There had to be some some knowledge that was not known by the general public that made it what right 
a prioritized one for such a specific thing. Mm-hmm. So Dennis Martin's body was never found. And it is also one of the mysterious missing person cases of the national parks. Interesting. Dennis. I have one more. So the last one I have is Catherine Van Alst. And this one happened in 1946. So Devil's Den State Park is a 2,500, 2,500 uh, acre wilderness located near West Fork, Arkansas. Okay. It's a magnet for tourists in the region. People come from all over to do outdoor activities, including picnicking, camping, hiking, mountain biking, horseback riding. So it's kind of a free for all of just all activity. activities. Yeah. Um, there are also like numerous sandstone caves, bluffs, ravines, rock shelters, and crevices kind of throughout all the area. Um, as well as people like to hunt for fossils, which are because there's many found in that spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a popular destination for families and camping. So in 1946, the Van Els family went to Devil's Den for a camping trip. The family were near the camp, their campsite, and eight-year-old Catherine Van Elst was playing in the creek in her bathing suit as her brothers fished. Um, and at some point, she wandered off and just vanished. Okay. Her father and brothers had apparently been right near her, basically looked away for a moment to look back and find her gone. Uh, it was just thought that she had gone off a bit or that she had gone back to the campsite, which was just like kind of up the hill from the river. Okay. Um, but she wasn't there they and did not answer any of the calls as they were screaming out for her as they continued searching the woods and campsite with no sign of her the family notified park officials and a large scale search began they launched a meticulous search of the area for several square miles with every moment that went by seen as critical since she was only in a bathing suit barefoot yeah uh The search went on for six days with no sign of her uh, until at one point, a team of volunteers were in the forest and passed by a cave from which Catherine Van Els came out and in a daze just said, here I am. Six days in a swimsuit and no shoes. Mm -hmm. Just walked out of the cave and said, here I am. Like it, like it was been a couple minutes. I'm here. Just wait. Dude. Okay. This eight-year-old. Is this a girl? Sorry. Go ahead. I won't I won't spoil anything. I all of a sudden just think I realized what story this was. This eight-year-old girl had walked approximately 30 miles, zigzagging through the woods. Uh, it was 600 feet higher than the place where she had originally disappeared to get where she was found, all in harsh, steep, treacherous wilderness terrain in her bathing suit with no shoes on. Uh, and like I said, generally people instinctively walk downhill and she walked right. uphill. Um, the area is riddled with rocky terrain, thick forests, steep hills. So no one, so one of the perplexing things for authorities was how she could have managed to cover that distance in six days through this challenging landscape barefoot. Uh-huh. Her feet were swollen. There were some scratches, but they were not as torn up as they should right. have been for walking 30 miles in a rocky terrain barefoot. Right. There were signs that she did have to walk around in the wilderness with her bare feet, but not 30 fucking miles. Right. Well, and I was kind of confused because they said it was a 30 mile zigzagging pass 
or path, but then they said it was a seven miles like air. So I think it was like as the crow flies, which is like straight from the campsite was only like really 30 miles, seven miles, but she had actually like if she followed the path up there, it was more like 30 miles. Yes. Um, she also didn't seem to have been as in poor condition that she should have been after six days of not eating and getting water and right. She was covered in insect bites and scratches from briars. Um, but as she, she had covered so much distance that even a properly equipped adult would have had a, a, a hard time matching it. Um, she also seemed to have been in better shape. Like I had said, she would have expected the cave she was in just happened to have fresh water spring. And despite various cuts and bruises, she was not much worse for the wear, all things considered. So I wonder, I wonder if they uh, said the 30 mile trail because of the fact that she wasn't all beat up from having to like manually climb different ridges that were not trailed and all that stuff if it's from how the crow flies so they're like she had to have taken these trails if she's still well but she didn't really because there wasn't like an actual trail to get up where she was at right but like the but the maneuvering areas where she could actually get up and I wonder if that's why they assumed that it was the 30 miles with her right sorry that just brain yeah, okay Ooh. <laughs> maybe so she allegedly claimed that she did not remember much about the six days she had been missing she said she had eaten berries to stay alive found herself in that cave she would stick her feet in cold water in the water when they started to get too sore um however the area was overgrown with so many types of poisonous berries it was miraculous that she was able to not eat the ones that would make her sick and she die. chose the right ones to eat uh, especially since she had no real outdoor experience. She's eight, um, so I mean, just in right. general, it's like, ooh, berry, I'll eat that. So she explained that when she had gone missing, she had simply been unable to find her campsite or her father and brothers, despite being right near them. She also claimed that on several occasion, occasions, she heard people shouting and shouted back, but it was like they couldn't hear her. Do you think of a the dimensional mm-hmm. shift? Oh, gross freaks me out she also says that she had seen the tracker dogs but was afraid too afraid to approach them because she wasn't sure if they were wild dogs or not like she Uh, didn't know what they were that makes sense um and then there was also a comment here that said she slept on warm grass so a paranormal expert that like has studied this case says that maybe she was sleeping with like bigfoot Right. Like it would, but at the same time, there's other news articles where it says she never said anything about warm grass. She said high grass and just grass. And then it like got changed to warm grass. So there was kind of conflicting whether or not that's what she actually said. So everything from fairies to Bigfoot to UFOs have been suggested in paranormal forums for this case. And much has been made of the fact that this area is once a feared place of spirits by local tribes, but there was really no explanation other than she was found weird and that is my last that is, that is not the case that i thought it was so well, you'll have to tell me the one you thought it was well not right I, now i was but. like i can tell you like just a general uh, idea of what it was <laughs> but now i have to wait for a few episodes that we kind of split them up a little bit you know what i'm saying i don't know, you know i might saying? do a disappearance next week too so yeah. i get into these funks where i'm like mm, i like to i like to do this one uh no, I get it. I 
went through a very grisly time for a while and now I've been trying to do a little less like intense uh same I went I was like I need to I need one where I mean this still had missing kids in it but there was no blood so you know uh-huh. uh it ended on a good note I wanted to end with you know you know they found her they found her yay forget about the two they never found to know have have no idea what happened <laughs> don't forget <laughs> anyway oh uh, tell so- me your gruesome tale today it's not super gruesome uh so it's based in south africa and it started because i found a a cult in south africa and then when i started digging into that i was like this is a fucking lot i don't have time for this i'm gonna have to do this another time when i have more time to get things together (laughs) because it was one of those that doesn't have like a something that i can build off of a almost complete story and then get other Mm -hmm. information and tidbits and whatnot it was just very like this article, this article, this article. Now this is happening. I'm like, okay, I don't have time for that. I can't sit here for. I do not have time for you. For you. So this kind of, it kind of stumbled me into this South African serial killer. Ooh. Ooh. So I'm going to tell you about Daisy DeMelker, also known as South Africa's first serial killer, not just female serial killer, mm. first on record serial killer. Okay. On record being the, the keyword there, because yeah. there's been serial killers since the dawn of time. But, yeah. but are you ready? I'm ready. So Daisy was born Daisy Louisa Hancorn Smith. I'm sorry. Can we just pause for a second and talk about the fact that her name's Daisy? <laughs> I know. I thought it was funny. The most like, unassuming name ever. You're like, I'm nice. My name's Daisy. <laughs> I'm also going to rip out your throat. <laughs> Sorry. So she was born on June 1st, 1886. So we're going back in the backpack machine. What were you doing? 1886. Uh, 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 I was homesteading. Mm. That's what I was I'm going to say. in a brothel. When in doubt. Of course you were. I'm a whore in a brothel. <laughs> no, I was being, I was being born so that I could in 30-ish years get on the Titanic and die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Yeah. This is, this is a BT. There you go. Before you Titanic. Go. BT. <laughs> uh, so she was born to Fanny and William. Fanny and Willie. <laughs> in Grahamstown, South Africa. Uh, She was one of 11 kids, balls, with no pain. It's 1886. Her Uh, pelvic floor must have been poor Fanny. Her Fanny must have been destroyed. Oh, girl. Uh, She got little to no attention, obviously, because there were so many kids. It was kind of back in the day when it was more workforce than like Mm -hmm. a family life. Yeah. Uh, so that was like brought up in in a couple different places that she like didn't have a lot of attention as a kid because she was one of the middle ones that it was like, okay, well, you're here. So that's cool. The older ones kind of raised the younger ones and then right. whatever. Anyway, so when she was eight years old, her father and a couple of her older brothers left to what is now known as Zimbabwe. Rhodesia is what it was at the time, uh, but it's now known as Zimbabwe. They went there on a promise to find like, more uh land that 
was at a decent price because right now South Africa was not on the brink, but getting close to the brink of like a civil war. And so everything was just kind of up in the air in the country. So uh, this was kind of a trend too for families at the time in that area. Um, Two years later, Daisy, when she was 10, was sent to meet up with her brothers and her father. Uh, (laughs) So there are a couple of different accounts to what happened to her mom. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I read in one place that it said that she had passed away, but also I read that she had left the family for another man, but either way, whatever it was, she was no longer really in the picture and Daisy was sent to live with her uh, brothers and father. Uh, There was also, like I said, looming civil war in South Africa. So that could have been another reason why they shipped her out as fast as they could to get to a safe place. But she still had other siblings that didn't leave, so I don't really know. Mm-hmm. It was unclear. Ten years old, put on an ox cart with just people she barely knew, acquaintances, mm-hmm. just faces. Uh, basically, they were strangers. And they traveled for over 2,000 kilometers, which is about 1,200 miles mm-hmm. over a span of a week. Uh, she then met up with her brothers and father and her sister, Oh, then her sister reunited with them a couple years later as well. So it, it was kind of like they came in shifts. It's like when they raised money to send another kid up, they would do mm-hmm. that. Uh, she went to a, they called it a farm school uh, until she was 13. And that's when she left to go study at Good Hope Seminary, which is a boarding school in Cape Town. And in 1903, she left the boarding school. She was about 16, 17 and went back to her father's in Rhodesia aka Zimbabwe but it didn't last for very long because then she moved back to South Africa to go to a nursing school so she was like I'm gonna and she was very very smart like it came by everything came very easily to her when it came to nursing school she understood like the medications she understood the human body really well and she would visit her family regularly like she would take trips up to go see her family between school stuff and on one of these trips she met a guy his name was Bert Fuller and they fell in love like hard love like that first love love Mm -hmm. Um, and shortly after meeting they got engaged and started planning their wedding normal on the day of their wedding Bert became super sick like they didn't say what exactly was wrong with him but He got extremely sick, went into a coma basically, and then passed away from the illness with Daisy sitting next to him on like, he got sick on their wedding day. And within a few days he had passed away. Oh yeah. Poor guy, poor guy, poor Daisy. It's all very like, it's all sad anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, let's go on. Well, it's very sad anyway. (laughs) So the conclusion to what was cost cause of his death was they called it black water fever. Okay. Uh, it's like a complication from malaria that the red blood cells burst. Ooh, and then like they release, yeah. And then they release like hemoglobin into the blood vessels, which eventually will cause kidney failure mm. and you die. So it was from drinking some tainted water that wasn't cleaned correctly, basically. You're never going to make it on the Oregon Trail, man. No. No. Mm. No. Uh, with his death, Daisy received a hundred pounds, uh, which is the equivalent of like $6,500 today. 
Okay. Uh, and it doesn't seem like very much, but at the time it was kind of circumstance changing. Mm-hmm. And yes, it was an insurance payout. So because she was his fiance, he had written out his insurance claim to go to her. Oh, did they not they get were, married? No, because they were going to get married. And on the day that they were going to get married, he got super ill. Oh, I didn't know if they actually like still yeah. got married that day. No, she was, everything just referred to him as her fiance. Okay. Um, here she met, oh, sorry, totally skipped a thing. A few months after Daisy, after his death, Daisy moved to Johannesburg. Um, at the time, it was a big gold mining uh, area. And here she met William Cowell, who was a plumber and was 14 years older than her, which mm-hmm. wasn't abnormal for the time. Uh, but he was doing well. He was very wealthy. Again, he's a plumber. Plumbers tend to make decent money. He was highfalutin. Highfalutin. Within a couple of years, the two had fallen in love and gotten married. Okay. Uh, They got married in March of 1909. So to keep just a tab on, she was born in 89. So she's 20. 20? Yeah, because it was like 18-ish when she met the last feller okay Okay. so they fell in love got married they moved into a house and had a couple or and had five kids so again lots of kids for a time of not really having any way of pain relief and or fixing your Um, (laughs) hoo-ha but only one of these five children survived to adulthood which wasn't unusual which is Um, why they had so many kids exactly uh so the first two were actually twins so she was pregnant with twins and gave birth to twins mm-hmm. at this time and they died as infants i'm unsure as to how they died because it didn't say but i'm assuming they something happened um then the third one was had an absence abscess on its liver uh and died before they were 5 years old And the fourth child that died um, before turning a year and a half suffered from convulsions and then had quote unquote bowel trouble. She killing these kids. I don't, it doesn't say that she is specifically, but I wouldn't be surprised with some of these things that are coming with it. We'll talk about it later. Um, And he died after being put to bed one night and then they went to wake him up in the morning and he was dead. Um, I'm not sure what bowel trouble means, so whatever. Uh, the the only poops. The poops. He was just shitting himself to death. Um, oh, that'd be a bad way to go. That, I mean, it happens. <laughs> Dysentery, man. <laughs> the only surviving child was born June 1911, named Rhodes Cecil. Road? Rhodes. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Cecil. Cecil. Uh, and he was the second born. So he was right after the twins. Well, he was right after, yeah, the twins. So he was the second born child. Anyway, so this all happened before Daisy turned 30. Yeah, I know. I I think about like my life. I'm like, oh my God, that's so much life to live. She had a fiance who died, four children who died. Before you're 30? Mm Mm-hmm. Gross. Girl, girl. So the couple. To be fair, they didn't really live past their like. Right. It was thirty was ancient back then. 
Right. It was very like, I I don't want to say common because it's not common to lose your entire family, but it was definitely more likely to happen. So, but the couple and Rhodes moved to Germanston, I guess, which is another town around there. Mm -hmm. In 1923, William was complaining of pain because he's a manual laborer. So it's not abnormal for him to like, hey, my back hurts. Hey, my this hurts. And the way that Daisy would uh, treat him when he would say that is she would use Epsom salt, Mm -hmm. which makes sense because like when I'm achy, taking a bath in Epsom salt seems to help. So I was like, okay, yeah. But it seems like it seems like he was being fed Epsom salt, like a like a mixture of Epsom salt, which Jesse and I did once to like do a cleanse because you can do that. And then you just poop your brains out. Mm -hmm. And we didn't think about having one toilet. It was a very exciting time in our apartment. (laughs) Um, But we did that once and I was like, okay, so maybe it's that he gets uncomfortable and maybe it's like a way to cleanse the body. I don't know what they, either way, it seems like she's feeding him something Epsom salt related. Either way, Uh, mistake. And it's not, it was, it's something that they would do regularly. Like when Mm -hmm. he would be having issues, she would do this. She'd treat him. It's not weird. But this time in 1923, William told Daisy that he thinks the salts are making him worse. And he was in more pain than he had been. And, you know, he was just like, something's weird this time. I don't know what it is, but it's not working. Mm -hmm. So this was in January of 1923. Um, the doctor was called, he made a house visit and William was prescribed bromide, bromide. Uh, this is used as basically like an old school muscle relaxant. Now they know that it has worse consequences, obviously, Mm -hmm. and help at the time. But at that time it was like a muscle relaxant. So he, it's like he pulled something or something happened and they were like, here, take some bromide. This will relax your body. And we'll, you know, cross the bridge as we go. Uh, When the doctor left, William became even more ill, like extremely ill. So Daisy went to a neighbor's house to get help rather than like calling in the doctor again. I don't know. Um, Who then called a different doctor to come. Uh, When they returned to the house, William was foaming from the mouth and turning purple. Uh, Uh, That's not good. Yeah. The second doctor who came was kind of suspicious of the whole situation and would refuse to sign a death certificate. He's like, no, I didn't treat him. I'm not signing it. No, ma'am. Um, the symptoms he noted were very similar to strychnine poisoning. Mm, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And so he wasn't comfortable signing off on the death since he didn't know the whole situation. He's like, I just came in here and this dude's dead. Mm-hmm. So no, um, he was having convulsions, muscle fragil- fragility or frigidity. There mm-hmm. it is. Frigidity. There we are. <laughs> um, and ultimately his liver and kidney damaged were damaged and failed, which is basically what strychnine poisoning seems like. Right. Also seems kind of like the way that there was an absence, abscess on the liver of the one child. And mm-hmm. also the other one was having muscle convulsions and bowel issues, just yeah. like if you were to drink Epsom salt and died. Mm-hmm. So they never like specifically say that she 
could have killed them, but I personally feel that. Oh, she fucking Either did. way, either way, this was not determined as a murder at this time. Um, the autopsy came back as if she he had chronic kidney disease and failure, but it was ultimately ruled as natural because it they didn't think about it, I guess. I don't know. Um, just the doctor was concerned that came. Only like, the doctor. Mm, no, this is weird. Uh, so she was cleared and received uh, 1,795 pounds, which is about $131,000 in USD nowadays. So back then it wasn't, but now is about how much mm-hmm. ooh, she'd be getting. After Wait, this, if she got 600 pounds the first time and that was... Uh-huh like six thousand dollars mm-hmm. how let is me, 1, let me 000, look at my numbers because 1135 equaling a hundred and some thousand it was a hundred pounds not 600 pounds that he got oh. the first time it was six thousand dollars now usd but it was a hundred pounds okay never mind i was like i don't think it was 600 pounds but i'm gonna look for sure never so mind. let me find where i was Hold i'm on. sorry <laughs> Oh, you're I'm ruining fine. I'm ruining your story. You're ruining time. everything. You're ruining it. <laughs> Stop asking questions. So after after his death, uh Rhodes and Daisy stayed in the house that they lived in. Um and Rhodes grew into a teenager, kind of angsty and he was Emo. For, for lack of better words, he was kind of a spoiled brat. But the pictures I found of him he was also kind of a really good-looking spoiled brat. What's up? What's up, Rhodes? <laughs> How you doing? Hey, Rhodes. <laughs> uh, You're so, dead now. <laughs> right? Daisy then met a man named Robert Sprout. It's O-A-T, not O-U-T. So I wanted to say Sprout the entire time Sprout. I was reading. Sprout. Um, and the two were married January 11th of 1926, which just happened to be the anniversary of William's death. So that's fun. That's nice. Uh, Daisy was 36 at the time and Robert was about 10 years older than her, which, and he was also a plumber. So she has like a type, an older plumber. She likes guys that know how to lay pipe. Me too, man. Me too. Uh, uh, Rhodes didn't like Robert Ro- but not- Rhodes didn't like it when guys laid pipe on their mom I guess not but like from all accounts Robert was like really nice to Rhodes and treated why are you him- talking out of the side of your mouth right on account <laughs> he seemed like he was a decent guy to him uh <laughs> Is it a secret? Why are you talking out of the side of your mouth? I'm trying to make sure Rhodes doesn't hear me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So two years after they got married, Robert fell ill. Oh, did he? He did. He started vomiting and convulsing. Did he have a lesion on his liver? Uh, No, but I mean, maybe. I don't know. It doesn't talk about a lesion on his liver. (laughs) uh but daisy somehow convinced robert's brother who came to help when he fell ill to mark her as the beneficiary since even though they hadn't been married yet because they just started dating weird oh no when they got married it was right i don't know 
oh no they had been married because i didn't write it down they had been married but he for whatever reason robert didn't want to make her the beneficiary and uh, a lot of the things that i read were talking about how like maybe he had an idea that she was a questionable human and thought maybe she was trying to get him his money but either way his brother was the beneficiary and so while he was super sick at this time she had talked his brother into signing it over to her since they were about to get married and they had this house and they had all this stuff to pay basically was like I need to figure out how to pay this if he's going to pass away since he's super ill Mm-hmm. and the brother's like I mean that makes sense so he signed it over to her um once this happened Robert suddenly recovered so when he wasn't able to say yes or no mm-hmm. he everything changed and then he got better but only a few months later he would not be better uh one night he was drinking beer that was very nicely brought to him by his wife, Daisy. Mm. Um, and then Robert started having the same symptoms, was vomiting, convulsing. Not okay. Daisy. Um, I know. Again. I know. Girl. 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 Uh, he didn't recover this time. Daisy inherited uh, 4,560 pounds this time, because this is before Africa went to Rand. Oh, so shit. I had to do like multiple conversions. Um, nearly 300,000 USD in today's money. Mm-hmm. So Robert was buried right next to her other husband, William. So that's kind of weird. I thought that's, that was weird. That's weird. Um, maybe it's because it's supposed to be like a family plot and she wants to be married by or buried by oh, both of them. I want to be laid down by all of my husbands. All my suitors. Uh, <laughs> all my suitors. Uh, four years pass. Um, and Rhodes and her are living. Large. High living. Lavish living. Whatever you want to call it. High fully. Um, and then Daisy met another plumber. Weird. I told you, man. She likes <laughs> the men who lay pipe. <laughs> plumbers lay the best pipe you know what I mean you know you know what I mean (laughs) double entendre (laughs) so this guy's name was (laughs) Uh, this guy's name was Sydney DeMelker which is where her last name comes from because it's Daisy DeMelker DeMelker (laughs) Daisy Uh, DeMelker (laughs) (laughs) give me that tea um (laughs) (laughs) So Sydney was also older and also a plumber, like I said. We're spiraling right now. I know, it's <laughs> it's fine. Uh, and he had a daughter who was about Rhodes' age. So he's like, he was already a dad. He mm-hmm. kind of came into it treating Rhodes as if he was his own, his actual son and like took him under his wing. But, you know, Rhodes was just like not about it as he was with any other one being a angsty teenager listen anyone who's fucking your mom when you're a teenager is just like the devil <laughs> my dad made it so we brought oh i like <laughs> speaking of speaking of my dad <laughs> <laughs> oh bill speaking of yesterday we brought a load of uh wood for their wood burning stove to their house mm-hmm. and as we're throwing it over he made some joke about being uh 
aroused by the wood. <laughs> and I was like, ah, you know, like whatever, kind of laugh it off. And then later on we were walking in and he said something to Chris about like having like a half year or something. And he's like, doesn't take much now. I'm like, ah, gross. <laughs> hey dad, I know you're old and you don't have a filter anymore, but could you find one please? Thanks. <laughs> Ew. Oh, it was just it was very funny but very like <laughs> oh no <laughs> so even with Rhodes not being all about it because he's just the spoiled brat and feels that he's entitled to everything um Daisy and Sydney do get married okay uh during the marriage Rhodes was about 19 he was obsessed with the inheritance he was going to get when he turned 21 from his dad who passed away because mm-hmm. there was there was apparently money that was set aside for him specifically when he became 21 uh Rhodes had grown up into like I said an entitled bitch rat bitch asshole prick you know what other thing dick bitch 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 bitch, bitch. bitch. I'm a bitch, bitch and uh, <laughs> he would regularly verbally abuse his mother and his stepsister so he would like yell at them and call them names and whatnot so he hadn't gotten a job yet at 19 so he got his first job um working doing like easy jobs on cars like working on stupid stuff that they needed entry-level people for and on March 2nd of 1932 he was headed to that job with a packed lunch and a coffee that his mother had made him oh 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 I bet you it tasted salty. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> At a lunch, <laughs> you okay over there? <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was so funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> he uh, at his at lunch, he shared his coffee with one of his coworkers. Oh no! And not too long, the two of them both got very ill. They both were vomiting. They the one time he decides to share. Yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> um they were both vomiting they both recovered that day mm-hmm. and Rhodes actually like played a rugby game he had planned that night because he had recovered that much so he just figured that something didn't sit well in his stomach and he was fine um but only a few days later Rhodes would die in his bed with his mother by his side oh his cause of death was assumed to be cerebral malaria so this is the most apparently the most serious form of malaria mm-hmm. uh, causing coma and then death okay. in like most of the people that contract it uh this also mimics the effects of arsenic poisoning so that's mm. a ma- that's wild huh that's weird that's weird uh but as far as anyone knew no one was suspicious of foul play at the time it just it didn't seem like anybody cared except one person. Guess who? Sydney. No. His daughter. No. Do you remember the brother of Robert that came? Yeah, that came and was convinced to sign over the estate. Um, His name is William Sprout. There's a lot of Williams in this. Sprout in this story that her dad was a William her first husband was Listen, a William. there's a whole lot of willies in this story yeah. okay 
the timing was basically what made him very suspicious suspicious she's like he's like as soon as i signed over the estate all of a sudden he got better and then he died within a couple months mm-hmm. like mm, no uh and <laughs> sorry and i got i got on a tangent without looking at my thing i'm like oh shit i said that and that way um and now that he heard of rhodes's death uh right before he, he was about to get his inheritance mm-hmm. uh he called the police and basically laid out all of his concerns and he's like this this doesn't make sense because he had been like watching her and paying attention to the stuff around her mm-hmm. because after his brother died he's like mm, no i don't bitch. think so i don't think so tim uh so they agreed the police were like yeah that's weird that's weird so they exhumed her husband's bodies so the two that had died under questionable circumstances and then Rhodes's body as well, which was pretty well preserved because mm-hmm. of the fucking arsenic. Oh, shit. So uh, there was arsenic found in Rhodes's remains. Uh, and the bones were pink of her two other husbands, which apparently is a thing that strychnine, because it was colorless and odorless, and they used it in regular household like uh you know putting down pets that were Mm -hmm. ill or rat poison or whatever they would dye it either green or pink so that you would know that it's strychnine and not something else because they would like straight up leave it in their like cabinets and stuff right Mm. so they're like uh their bones are pink but they didn't really have a way of like actually right for... but if your bones turn pink something yeah. happened yeah exactly so Rhodes' co-worker was also tested and had ar- arsenic in his system oh shit oh oh damn but he didn't die because he only drank a little bit of the coffee i guess mm. so he genuinely just got sick and then was okay but there was enough in his system to show that he had had arsenic in his system so he did tell them about the coffee and then the flask was tested and it was tested positive for arsenic Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Daisy was arrested and charged with three counts of murder. October 17th, 1932, her trial began in Brumfontein, I think is how you say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a media frenzy as much as it could be for 1932. Right. Read all about it. Woman kills son with Austic. <laughs> Uh, read all about it and a lot of the articles said noted as the first serial killer not only the first female serial killer i like how your page boy paper boy sounded like a bitter old woman (laughs) not like a extra extra read all about read all about it read all about it woman and of course obviously at this time they didn't use the term serial killer but no. they basically sequence saying, or something yeah like multiple killer or whatever mm-hmm. um so a pharmacist came forward after seeing the case in the papers and told the police that he's pretty sure that he's the one who sold daisy the arsenic <laughs> she had used her former name as you know daisy sprout and said that she needed it to kill a cat that was in her on her property so he was like okay because it's you know rat poisoning whatever kill a feral cat 
yeah and so he's like all right and sold it to her you know whatever there wasn't enough evidence to convict daisy of her husband's murders like i said there was just the pink bones but otherwise it's like we can't test for actual traces of anything right um but she was found guilty on rhodes's murder uh when asked if she had anything to say she stated she stated i'm not guilty of poisoning my son all right okay um she was sentenced to death oh shit. and the so the why can't i think judge said you are found that's the word you forgot (laughs) yeah i was i was i don't know why (laughs) i don't know what to tell you Uh, i don't know why (laughs) it just it just escaped me for a second (laughs) so the the judge said you are found guilty of the murder of your son Rhodes cecil cowell you will be taken from here to a place of execution where you will be hanged by the neck until you are dead and may god have mercy on your soul oh shit oh man so daisy was hanged december 30th 30th of 1932 uh her husband husband sydney believed she was innocent up until he died which wasn't until like i want to say like the 60s if i remember reading correctly um, she was buried in an unmarked pauper's grave, they said. Mm-hmm. And she is also said to haunt her grave, her house, the courtroom, and her old school. Mm-hmm. She's everywhere. Everywhere and um, nowhere all at the same time. <laughs> like, so pretty much anywhere she spent any time. What if, what if she killed her husband and all her babies, except for Rhodes, and the sister-in-law or the the stepsister actually is the one (laughs) wouldn't that suck if she's the one who didn't actually poison her son but like somebody else in the house did and that's how she got caught yeah i killed all these guys but not him don't kill (laughs) i would never kill him so uh, daisy demelker that is it she i think she killed her kids Daisy DeMilker. She 100% killed her kids. And I think she killed her fiance too because he died so suddenly. So I'm curious once she got the insurance or if that was like her catalyst for getting the money. Yeah. She's like, ooh. And the attention. I think that is more likely because up until then, she didn't really show any signs of anything. Right. I think that kind of. Well, put something I, in her brain and went i mean if you think about this. it she probably got a lot of attention from mm-hmm. her fiance dying like and getting sick on their wedding day a little munchausen's there uh-huh and being she's from they specifically had said in multiple articles that she didn't get a lot of attention as a kid she kind of mm-hmm. raised herself and whatever i was like i could see where she like all of a sudden got drunk on the attention as well as enjoying the lavish life of having like a chunk of money right all at once so i don't know she's an interesting character uh and now i want to look up a picture of Rhodes to show you well i should probably show you a picture of daisy too whatever <laughs> fine <laughs> i mean Rhodes was kind of a dink but doesn't mean that he should get murdered you know there's a lot of people who are assholes that <laughs> you should be murdered, man. I'm not I'm not looking for you to get murdered, dude. I'm just saying you're kind of a dick. <laughs> Cecil 
cowl. There you are. Let's see if I can find a picture that you can actually see. I was like, you're kind of a babe. Hey. <laughs> and um, then I wouldn't kick him out of bed for eating cookies. Right. And then here is young Daisy DeMelker. Oh yeah, she's got those creepy eyes, man. Mm-hmm. Here's old Daisy DeMelker. <laughs> see better days huh (laughs) that was like her before she got put to death and hung by the neck until she died (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry is that insensitive (laughs) (laughs) bitch you killed people i'm sorry (laughs) i lost my sensitivity (laughs) uh and that is the story of the first of Daisy DeMilker killer of South Africa. South Africa. Africa. Good job. I enjoyed it. it. I had fun. It was a wild <laughs> I, ride. I know. It was one of those that I was like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> like, you know, I usually look at Black Widows as it's like kind of boring because it's just the same thing mm-hmm. over and over again. I was like, I like the little bits of twists and turns up in this in this story. Could you not? <laughs> Ma'am? <laughs> All right, Boo Bear. Boo Bear. Yeah. Stop it. Don't. Quit it. Don't even. Come on. <laughs> oh, well, shit, guys. Thanks for listening. You know, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Good finger guns. <laughs> boo, 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 boo. Don't put them at your boobs. Hey, don't don't point those things at me. <laughs> don't don't. Hey, don't point them at me. Why are you shooting me with your finger gun? Your nipple guns. Get out of here. You know the um Asian TikToker guy who like it shows the video and then he has like his version of it. So he'll like use his butt cheek to hold something and like whack it over. No. Oh my god, I gotta send you one when it comes up. It's so funny, but he I don't know the, any what you just described was very fucking weird, and I don't know what you're talking um, about. The music behind it is dun 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 dun, and then he like is I don't know what TikTok you're on, but I am not on that TikTok. Weird ones, that's what it is. <laughs> but the one it showed the booby guns from Austin Powers mm-hmm. that he put plungers on his on his nipples, and he had little like. Sorry, little sparklers in the shape. What of fucking on the TikTok end. are you on? And he like, what hole the- did you go down to get Shh. on here? Listen, <laughs> he used the plunger to light matches that were on sticks on the table, and then he lit his sparklers on the end of his nipple plungers <laughs> with the matches he just lit with his nipples, and he goes, Da-da. <laughs> now I have to find it. I'm i'm it's weirder to explain than to watch (laughs) i don't i don't know what to say right now (laughs) don't worry you'll get one today i'm sure (laughs) oh good (laughs) all right weird tiktok hole you went down to get to that guy but oh honey you don't even know (laughs) (laughs) see some weird shit on there i'm like how is this okay (laughs) 
and then I laugh and then I see more weird shit (laughs) because they hear everything uh anyway guys thanks for listening (laughs) especially to Amanda's just description of a tiktok that was tiktok corner you're welcome of a weird ass tiktok Yeah, you know what? I bet you there's people who know who I'm talking about too that are listening. So, so I I don't know about that, but <laughs> spread the word. Spread yourselves. That was nice. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.